So imagine this. Everybody in your house is asleep. It's two, three in the morning. It's quiet. You haven't been sleeping anyway. So this is the time when you're up and your thoughts are constantly racing. You get out of bed. I got out of bed. I walk across the street with a belt in my hand. I tie it to the monkey bars, wrap the other side of the neck uh, belt around my neck, and I just jump. The belt snaps. I fall, crash into the ground, and I'm just screaming and crying. Someone sees me or hears me, calls the police. Next thing I know, the police are there. They take me to the emergency room. Um, it's obvious what I was trying to do. I mean, and they get a doctor in there and they tell, the doctor tells me, you know, try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, which uh, not probably not a bad suggestion. I mean, I guess that's what he did to relieve his stress. But uh, nobody in my house knows where I am. Uh, nobody knows that I'm even feeling this way because I've done such a good job at hiding how I feel in, uh, or so I said a bad job of saying how I feel is what I should say, how I should describe it. And, you know, they wake my wife up in the middle of the night, let her know, Hey, your husband's in the hospital. He tried to kill himself. She has no idea that I'm even in that state of mind. So when she arrives, I'm embarrassed. I'm, I'm crying off the embarrassment of the fact that, you know, I wasn't in my mind or view strong enough uh, to have the will to live. But let's talk about it more. But before we do, wherever you're watching this, subscribe, like, keep up with the episodes, um, leave me comments, rate, review. Let's get some interaction going. Run it up. What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Corley. I am on a healing journey. And on that journey, I discovered the power of vulnerability. Vulnerability allows us to be our authentic selves. It allows us to build empathy for others and to work through our emotions easier and strengthen our most important relationships. The purpose of this show to bring others on that same healing journey with me and foster some healing out there in the world. Welcome to Vulnerability is the New Sexy. I'm not okay and I need some help. These are difficult words to produce. For some, for me at that time, for sure. How do you get to this point in your life where you feel like the only option is to die, to take your own life? I can say for me, and it's going to differ for across the board. Everybody has several reasons as to why they want to take their own life. You know, just to name a few, you know, we're talking about uh hopelessness um traumatic events um 
you know, uh, a loss of connection, uh, a longing for a connection. For me, and there's several others, but for me, I was dealing with, you know, I had lost my mother when I was 15 years old. So all the way back to being a teenager, I'm 15 years old. I start dealing and having ideations at that time. Ideations, meaning I started wanting to die. That's what suicidal ideation is. Wanting to take your own life. Where is this coming from? My mother passes and I start believing things about my life. Uh, no one loves me. I have no purpose. There's nobody left in the world that's going to care about me uh, the way that this woman did. And, you know, in shortly after here, I'm living on my own. I have my own apartment. I'm still in high school. So I'm already isolated. And then um, at that time, you know, kids are going to handle situations how they handle them. So for me, um, all the people that I relate to or as closest to in this time frame are children. You know, we're teenagers. So um, my I'm developing a codependency on people who are not emotionally mature. I'm not emotionally mature at the time. And you know, it just, it starts to, you start to, I started to develop a false sense of self-worth because this moment in time for me kind of never really ended, but it was just a blip on everybody else's people justifiably. So moved on with their lives. And I didn't do that. I didn't get it. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't, you know, now the, there is a failure of the adults in my life who didn't put me in uh, a situation where I could uh, heal or understand grief or the trauma that I had just suffered. Um, I was just back to business as usual. And you start seeing, hearing the things, oh, you're so strong. You, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle or the worst one in my opinion, is somebody has it worse, which is one of the most invalidating things because you start to internalize that well, somebody has it worse. Meanwhile, you are suffering. So you start to get angry at yourself for not being able to overcome what you believe is not the worst situation, but it is the worst situation to you. It is the worst thing that has ever happened to you. And from your perspective, the reality is nothing has happened worse. So the fact that somebody else has it worse somewhere is irrelevant. It's a terrible thing to tell somebody. Just, you know, I just want to put that out there. But so you go through your life trying to appear strong or be strong. Um, coping for me was achievement. You know, oh, still graduated high school, you know, still moved on to college and, and, you know, and then you turn that into your codependency becomes trying to be what you needed for other people. Um, for me, I needed to be, 
I needed someone who helped me guide myself through a very important era in my life. I mean, this is a transition from childhood to adulthood, and I didn't have my number one. And I never wanted anybody else to feel like that. So um, I developed a need to, to help other people not feel that absence. And it was very unhealthy. It becomes, I said, like I said, a codependency where, um, you know, I'm depending on being needed and positioning myself to be needed. And when that's taken away, or when I feel like someone doesn't need me anymore, there's a very negative reaction leading up to that night in the park. And even after that night, I don't make the necessary adjustments to take care of myself. It's just, okay, um, it's kind of out here a little bit. People know that I, you know, people in my life know that I don't want to live anymore, or at least my wife knows. And anybody else that I might be communicating with about it probably doesn't, you know, honestly doesn't care enough or doesn't know. At least that's what I'm telling myself. In reality, they don't know how to care, know how to, to take care of someone who's in that situation. So let's talk about both sides of that coin. So let's, you know, when you are dealing with someone who uh, is suicidal and dealing with suicidal ideation, the first thing that I believe that you need to do is take care of yourself at all costs. Take care of yourself. Make sure that you are okay because that is a lot of stress and you have to give yourself grace to, to understand that you didn't do whatever it was uh, necessarily to put that person in a situation that they're in. And you might not be the person that can get them out of it if you have. Some people are just mean. That is a fact. And some people do have a disregard for people and not uh, are not aware of how your actions could affect someone, but hurt people hurt people. So everybody comes from some sort of hurt and they transfer it if they don't have the emotional intelligence to deal with their own hurt and they'll transfer that hurt to someone else, not really knowing or understanding that, you know, hey, you could be risking somebody's life. That's important. So to me, important message, important uh, code of life for me is to, you know, if if I can't help, at the very least, do no harm. I want to try to do my best to do no harm, but I, you know, you you are entitled to your boundaries, you know, and like I said, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Try to do that without doing any harm. Now, um, you have to be validating if you are in a situation where you have to look after someone who has suicide are you validating their feelings or are you putting are you shaming them or putting them down or invalidating their feelings uh you know telling them that they don't have a right to feel the way they feel that's never the answer you know i know it's difficult for someone who doesn't want to kill themselves to understand why somebody would want to take their own life I can understand that. 
Um, but the key is validation. You want to make sure that you are uh, confirming and understanding and listening. Listening to what it is someone's trying to tell you. Because a lot of times people that are suicidal are just seeking a connection. Seeking a connection. And a lot of times you just don't get it. And you start telling yourself some, you know, irrational thoughts. And again, what does it lead to? It's very important to understand whether or not the person you're talking to has an actual plan. Do they have an actual plan for taking their own lives? Because then this is an escalated situation and it may be beyond the scope of, you know, what you're capable of. And it's time to enlist some help. Um, um, but like I said, take every, everything must be taken serious. Even if you believe this is someone who seeks attention on a normal, on a regular basis, doesn't matter. Uh, do you want to be wrong? Do you want to be wrong in this moment? I don't think so. So for me, let's go back to, you know, go back to my own story for a second. So after this suicide attempt, um, I began to try to go ahead and move forward with my life. And what it, what what was happening with me was I wore a mask. I didn't, you know, I did try to seek out therapists. Uh, I went through several, honestly, um, three or four. And, you know, none of them were a good fit for me. And, you know, for a couple of years, um, I would cope with, you know, throwing myself into teaching and coaching and being there for other people. And that gave me enough purpose, enough self-worth to want to, you know, continue life. Um, but it was just like putting a bandaid over a gunshot wound. It wasn't enough. And eventually, you know, um, uh, um, any, a severe traumatic event occurred in my life that, you know, caused me to be honest with myself and say, I'm not feeling well. I don't really feel like I can do this on my own. And I finally found the words to say, I'm not okay and I need help. And I checked myself in to a inpatient facility. And that is where my life changed. That is where I discovered the real power of talk therapy, group therapy. Um, you know, I locked in and started being vulnerable and stopped hiding the things that were making me feel the way that I felt about myself because I wasn't really expressing. I was just, you know, throwing out little bits and pieces, but not really, again, being, you know, overly vulnerable about all the pain, you know, uh, I was just, and I started discovering things about myself that I didn't even realize. I didn't understand that I was still upset with my father. I didn't understand, you know, how upset I was at my mother and, and I, I didn't understand how 
you know, uh, disingenuous I was showing up in life, um, not letting people around me be aware of how I felt, not setting the proper boundaries with the people in my life. And I was allowing uh, people to overstep my level of comfort. And it was just causing me so much anguish and pain. And, in that, you know, and in that inpatient time, I learned, I learned, I learned the power of therapy and what happened when I came out of that situation. Not only um, was I so locked in on, you know, what was going on, I saw an ability in myself to help others in group, but also for the first time, I learned how to help other people and take care of myself at the same time. So I said, oh, you know, I should be, you know, I should dig deeper into this. And when I went back to school and became a therapist. But it's not the healing. You know, I still struggle with a lot of, you know, uh, still struggle with a lot of things. And sometimes uh, illogical thoughts still creeps into my mind. And I have to, you know, use skills that I've learned um, through therapy and the healing process to overcome a lot of those illogical thoughts. And it, well, I guess if I could sum it up, I would say one of the, you know, some of the best things I've learned is rigorous honesty with myself. So when you are vulnerable with other people, it is a tool or a stepping stone for you to, you know, be vulnerable with yourself, be honest, give yourself grace, you know, so for in the, in the prior to therapy, it was much easier for me to tell myself that nobody cared about me. Nobody loved me. There is um, verifiable evidence that people love me and care about me. It's verifiable. So for me to continue to tell myself that I have to acknowledge that I'm lying to myself doesn't mean that it's always, I feel better instantly, but that just that change in language helped me understand that I'm doing that in so many areas of my life. Oh, uh, I'm a failure. Again, verifiable evidence that I'm not a failure. I can point to several instances uh, that prove that I'm not a failure. So again, Gotta be, I can't, I have to change the way that I think about that because that's not honest, not being honest with myself. And this also, in the course of being honest with myself and having empathy and grace for myself, allows me to have empathy and grace for other people. There's less judgment in my life now. I don't have the same feelings about other people that I once had. You know, so... Uh, I just wanted to briefly touch on, you know, the process of uh, the healing journey. And I'm still on it. Like I said, uh, there's things that I'm dealing with to this, at this very moment that I'm still struggling with. Uh, thoughts and feelings that I have about people in my life that I'm still struggling with. Um, that cause me pain. Um, and I, and if any, somebody's out there that is dealing with an excruciating pain, 
and you know you don't feel like there's hope um and you hear the sound of my voice it took me hearing the sound of somebody that understood where i was in the moment and and gave me the hope that there is a light at the at the end of the tunnel for me to start actively working towards you know healing and i have to and i understand that everybody's not going to understand if you haven't been in this position it is very difficult and i can't expect everybody that i come across to understand somebody out there right now is saying oh you just suck it up just suck it up and move forward you're a sucker for wanting to take your own life i understand i understand i don't necessarily need everybody to get where i'm coming from somebody understands it and i understand if you're in this situation i get it and i'm telling you you know i'm still here i'm still here you know that was just one attempt to take my own life not the only not the only but i survived that and i survived all of them and i'm still here today you know god willing i will survive tomorrow um so that's all i got as you know keeping it short and sweet with some of these episodes i understand i haven't been as consistent lately um i'm really struggling with a lot of things right now uh i'm not okay all the way and i can admit that you know and i can as a therapist i can admit that and recognize that hey i still go seek help the helper needs help sometimes i am regularly in therapy i actively work and i say that to say that you know just because you're not healed up completely doesn't mean you're not healing that's all i got for today uh listen subscribe follow me wherever you listen to podcasts follow me on tiktok instagram uh, if you're watching on youtube don't forget to subscribe leave me a a, a comment uh, a like talk to me in those comments and remember vulnerability is the pathway to healing see you next time